Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you a woman who can help you in so many ways and areas of your life, your self-esteem, your business, your relationships. You, uh, you know, over the years, I've met so many smart, amazing women through these interviews that a few years ago, we decided to co-author a book. It's called Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. Each woman has written a story of her insight on how to make you a leading woman in your own life and help make a difference in the world as well. You can order it right now on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. You can go into those websites or go into the bookstores and you can buy Leading Women. You know, today I'm very excited to bring you bring back one of the leading women in this new book. And her name is Dr. Marsha Reynolds. Now, Marsha is the president of Co-Visioning LLC. She is an expert leader. She's an expert on working with leaders. But she's also an expert on how the brain works. She's written three books and numerous articles. She coaches leaders and top talent in multinational companies and travels the world speaking at conferences and teaching classes in leadership, coaching, and emotional intelligence. Her chapter in Leading Woman is called The Burden of Greatness. It tells her own story of discovering how to be the best isn't all it's cracked up to be. I want to know more about that, don't you? I'm excited to talk to her about her chapter and all the things that's going on in her life and her most recent book, The Discomfort Zone, how leaders turn difficult conversations into breakthroughs. So I want to welcome Marsha. Thank you, thank you for being back, and I'm so glad and excited you're one of the leading women. And welcome back to conversations with smart, amazing women. So welcome. I'm so happy to talk with you today. How are you? I am good. The weather is fabulous here. Um, I'm feeling good. I had all those horrible things going on. I uh, picked up every everything I came in contact with, I think, in December. <laughs> so was, it's a, lots of stuff awful things. Yeah, awful. Lots. So this first of the year is good. <laughs> and well, you? Happy New Year. Happy New Thank Year. You. Yeah, a couple of days ago, you, I wouldn't be talking to you because I could barely, my, I had laryngitis. So, yes. I oh, my God, I had it twice. Uh, yeah, well, I've I've been around little little ones that they call them little germ carriers. You know? Oh, <laughs> yeah. They're always, you know, sneezing and sniffling and drooling, and and next thing you know, you're doing the same thing. So, well, mm-hmm. so we're both on the mend and take lots of vitamin C. And and like I said, you're now you're in Arizona. I am. And I'm in California. Lucky and us. <laughs> the best weather. Now, mm-hmm. now, where, are you in Scottsdale? I'm oh, in Phoenix. In, you're in Phoenix. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going to be in. And Scottsdale. the president is just down the street. Uh-huh. Hopefully, we can get together in February because I'm going to be at Scottsdale for the horse show. Oh, good. I'll be there the first half of of um, February. So, yeah, I hope that works. All right, that'd be wonderful. Well, anyway, let's talk about you and and what you're doing. And, and again, you're one of the leading women in the the book that. Yeah. Uh, we're doing book signings. We need to get one in Arizona. That's a great absolutely, place. absolutely. You, I think I think we're all all the leading women co-authors are looking for great weather, and especially those that are on the East Coast or in the Midwest. 
that uh, I'm going to Detroit next week uh, to do a book signing with Lisa Menini, but you know, Detroit, Michigan in, in January is going to be a little chilly. I'm taking Kristen Anders with me. But then at the end of the month, we're going to do one in New York. But it's going to be such a great turnout that, uh, you know, I don't care about the cold weather. We'll just we'll, we'll see yeah. it out. But anyway, so so see, think about one in, in Arizona that we can do for the leading women. But let's talk about you. Uh, your chapter in the book was The Burden of Greatness. But, you know, it, we... I really like to start these conversations with personal stories because I think we women like to do a lot of comparing. And I think oftentimes when they look at a woman like yourself, who's smart, who's good-looking, has a great personality, is accomplished, they think it was easy for you. They think, boy, you know, things just lined up for, like I said, the stars just lined up and everything was perfect for you. But we all know that none of us get to be who we are or where we are unless we go through the school of hard knocks. <laughs> and all the leading women had their school of hard knocks. So if you don't mind, let's start with your personal story and, and, and how you get to, you got to be Martian Reynolds today because of those mm-hmm. things. Well, it is an interesting thing. Um, whether it's looks or it's uh, smarts, um, you know, people think if you have it, it's easier for you. When actually it, it creates so much more so many more expectations on you and especially young so i i think i had okay looks but i was always really smart in school and so there was that huge expectation that i would always accomplish great things you know it was never good enough um just to get the a i had to get the a plus uh you know and and part of that i i understand when parents do that that they're wanting the best for their children um and there comes a point where it can backfire, where it just feels like too much. It, it was an interesting thing what happened to me was, you know, uh, as a young adult, and I rebelled against it and had a not-so-great results, <laughs> you know, <laughs> ran with the wrong crowds and ended up doing a little time even. Um, but then I said, you know what? I can do better. I can really accomplish something. So, you know, it, it, it restarted my energy, and I was able to get back out there and, and go back to school. But even that put extra pressure on me because it was like then I was proving to myself, not just to my parents, yeah. that I could be great. And great is such an abstract concept. It's like it doesn't mean anything. So once I do something... And then there must be something else I, I need to do because I fi- finished this. There must be something else that I can be great at. I must have something more. And you know, so much of that has driven my life. And and I, I and and again, it's been good. I have two masters. I have a doctorate. I have many years of experience. <laughs> I have a company. But it seems like it's so hard for me to give credit to myself. You know, I'm still always saying, "Yeah, but it wasn't good enough." And you know, and what's next? And driving myself crazy. So in doing the research and writing about this, it helped me to understand myself better so I could at least maybe breathe out, you know, and take a moment to recognize what I have and what I've done and um, and then to share how to do that with other women um, has just been so powerful. So I think there's many of us that have gone through that, especially, you know, in the... Uh, last 
40 years that we're raising girls with the whole, you know, you can be great, you can do it, that it's becoming more and more a phenomenon, you know, of this constantly looking for something more uh, among women. Yeah. No, I, I guess that that definitely is the double-edged sword because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think a lot of the leading women, especially in the book, we all have that same nemesis, which is basically, you know, I also came from a, a, a family where, where I guess the word perfectionism was was kind of it wasn't really spoken about. It, I think it was more or less understood that there were great expectations as far as mm-hmm. you know education and, and achievement and so forth. And and again, that really pushes really pushed me. And I also did the rebelling part too. And and again, it it is difficult for for me. And I think a lot of women to really understand when they do achieve that they need to celebrate that and they do yes. also. To talk about that and say, you know, be proud of their accomplishment. I mean, you you go to, you get around a group of men and you know exactly what their handicap is. You know what their their income is. You know what their uh, their their educational level is. You know who who, who they are. But women don't share that. You could be standing mm-hmm. up next to a Supreme Court judge and somebody goes, "Did you know that was a Supreme Court judge?" Or da da da, and you go, "No, I had no idea." <laughs> not good at really sharing these stories about who we are and, and celebrating mm-hmm. the things mm-hmm. that we've accomplished. And mm-hmm. I think that is a, a lot of pressure for women. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I love to see it. I love to hear women, they toot their horn, and and, and and they're feisty about it and go, yeah, and I can do this, and, I, and I've done that. And, you know, and, and it really does allow women to say, you know, wow, you know, it's okay. It's okay to... to uh, really celebrate who I am and, and be authentic about it. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I agree with that. Getting women to, to talk about, you know, take this, you know, sure, you want to wear the superwoman shirt, but yet mm-hmm. you still need to be able to take it off and say, gee, that's fun wearing it, but now I can just hang out and wear my old T-shirt mm-hmm. with the holes in it and just hang right. out for a while and just relish the moments that mm-hmm. I've uh, I have accomplished the the things, yeah. I, I've got a degree for every child I had, and then when I had my, uh, <laughs> I finished my doctorate. I wanted to have another child just to prove that. So yeah, <laughs> thank God my husband refused to have a uh, a vasectomy at that time. But yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that, and I think that's mm-hmm. so important. I think why that's why your chapter uh, also really lends itself to that whole piece, which is women need to take the pressure off themselves. Mm-hmm. It's okay to achieve. It's okay mm-hmm. to be competitive. Mm-hmm. And it's constructive to, to do all those things, but at the same time, you know, to allow yourself breathing room. I love that word, breathing out, breathing mm-hmm. room. I love yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I like this new book of yours, you know. Let's talk about the book, cause The Discomfort Zone, How Leaders Turn Difficult Conversations mm-hmm. into Breakthroughs. Because I think that's also women are not very good with is confrontation, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe that's part of why we don't uh, express ourselves as much. Because again, we don't want any controversy. We don't want any kind of confrontation or analysis. Well, you know, it's interesting. Um, I, in my research, though, I found that um, actually women are, oh, even though we do avoid it, we we approach it more than men because we practice with children and our friends more than men do. But 
the problem that I find with uh, uh, with women is that they move into conversations that are a little uncomfortable, immediately wanting to help the person, which um, is almost a condescending tone. It's like I'm here to help you, which also means I'm here to fix you, and that doesn't help. So they'll create defensiveness, even though they're trying to help and their intentions are good, you know. And then it makes it really uncomfortable for them. So. I think, you know, with the discomfort zone, um, not only am I looking at why it's good to have discomfort in the conversations, you don't need to help and fix them. You need just to help them think through their own problems. You know, they don't need you to do that for them, <laughs> you know. So it could create a little discomfort in the conversation, and that that's a good thing. Uh, and so I provide, like, you know, here's how to do it, and so hopefully – when you read the discomfort zone, you, you've got steps to follow so you know what to do instead of going in and fixing someone. Yeah. The uh, discomfort scale, I went ahead and did it. And one, of, mm-hmm. one of my past trainings, uh, I, I was a director of an employee assistance program. We dealt with mm-hmm. companies, large companies, and basically went in and did training for managers. One of the things we taught them was constructive confrontation. And, and I think it was probably one of the best tools that I ever learned and taught myself was how to mm-hmm. uh, constructively uh, constructive confrontation is different than something negative. And I think mm-hmm. when, when women especially begin to understand that constructive confrontation can be extremely powerful and extremely helpful. And, and as you said, it's not about fixing. It's really allowing that person to get into more of a problem-solving mode mm-hmm. and a different way of thinking versus, you know, mm-hmm going in and going, I'm going to make it all better. Well, and that's what we want to do, you know. Um, they often say that, um, you know, men don't listen because they want to go in and and solve the problem right away. But women don't either because we want to help. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, again, it, it's not really helpful when you're making someone dependent on you. It's much more helpful to help someone think through, to be their thinking partner and to think through the problem on their own where they discovered their own solutions, which is far more powerful than you telling them your great ideas. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I think it's extremely powerful. And, and once you have those tools, you know, you're, you're not afraid to go into situations mm-hmm. that might, you might have to deal with a confrontation in some way. You know, and, and I think the big thing that we're, we're dealing with, and this is probably maybe one of the most powerful tools, is dealing with bullying. And girls oh. and women are being bullied mm-hmm. in the workplace. Yes. I mean, I, I've talked to more women. Isn't that women. sad that that still goes on? That's why I think this is such a powerful tool uh, that you're offering to women especially and people in general is to allow, uh, to offer them a tool which will absolutely help them to to nip this in the bud, so to speak, but that, you know, not allowing people to, to bully them. You know, and, 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 and you know, the, the way you don't get bullied is that you just deflate a bullier. You know, you just completely, because basically what a bully, it's taking power. It's giving power. Mm-hmm. And I think women, you know, we don't, I mean, again, I, my, one of my other books, Claim Your Power, is women claiming power is the other piece, which I think is, you know, is extremely important for women. But it's not the power of, it's the power to. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, you know, you're talking about the discomfort zone, but you're actually taking, talking in, in some respects about taking on those personal tools and those personal power 
to really to be more effective in communication and, and be more comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how, how do you see that working for for women when you when you talk about your book and this tool, these tools? Because I think that can be such a powerful uh, arena for mm-hmm. for what you're doing with this book. Well. I- you know, I want to just say that the, even the word power is interesting um, concept for women. And, yeah. you know, I often relate it to their presence. Um, uh, there was really interesting, I, uh, I saw, um, Nan- I think it was Nancy Sellers, who the editor that does the 100 Most Powerful Women every year. Yeah. Right. And she said, it's so funny how all the women – tell her that they don't like to be called powerful because it seems negative. And she said it was actually the third time that she interviewed Oprah, where Oprah said, you know, I finally got it, that it's not power over, that it's my power to create so I, you know, can can assist other people. And when I understood that, that is the, it's how I use the power that I have, um, then I could accept my power. And I think women have to understand um, that. So, again, how are you defining it? So let's say, like in the discomfort zone, we're talking about conversation. So it's not really powerful to go in and give people you know, your best information and to help them, even though you might think that it would help you, um, you know, be seen as more significant or powerful, where when you're really helping others to see more, be more, to, you know, grasp more possibilities, they will totally respect you and see your power. So I think it's just exploring, you know, what really is my power and how do I use it in various situations is a very important, um, you know, exploration for women to have. Well, it's it's no, you know, we, we had to toy with this, this title, and we've toyed mm-hmm. with the word power. You know, Gloria felt is the authority when it comes to the term power. But, right. But we've, but we've, you know, really had to toy with this title in leading women, leadership. Mm-hmm. Leaders. I mean, it's amazing. Uh, I've I've been involved with different women's organizations, and when you talk about women leaders, women become even a little bit uncomfortable with that and go, "I'm not a leader," and you're going, "Yeah." I know. Well, you know what? And 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 I and I and I just really get. I'm almost puzzled because you are a leader. You're a leader in so many different areas in your life. But but then they'll they'll really fight you on it. Oh no 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 no! I'm not a leader. I can't be a leader. Don't don't call me a leader. Isn't that crazy? And like I said, it's just. It, it, this is this is why I think this book is so important, and your book is so important, is mm-hmm. that we need to reframe what we're doing and these these talents that we have. And women have mm-hmm. these amazing amazing communication skills and these connecting skills and these you know abilities to to see the big picture as well mm-hmm. as details. Is that we have to really reframe and redefine these words so that women women don't get uncomfortable. They go, oh wow. You know, it's, mm-hmm. they get excited. They get, you know, they get thrilled. And when they get women together, you know, they go, wow, this is so wonderful what we all can do to make a difference and to make the world a better place. And I think that's when women start to get it, as you've said. <clears throat> and I think it's my so important that they claim that, that yeah. they claim 
their power, that they claim their leadership, um, not just for what they can create, especially together, like you said, um, but it's important as role models for other women. Because if they're not claiming it, then we don't feel like we have any role models. You know, so that's that's critical. And I want to share with you, you know, my last book, um, Wonder Woman, the subtitle was How High Achieving Women Find Contentment and Direction. And I had so many women come to me and say, I'm not sure if the book's for me because I, I'm not really, um, I, I'm not a high achiever because I'm not like a VP or a, uh, a president, a CEO. And I'm like, no, 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 you know, you're strong, you're smart, you have goals, you know, that makes you a high achiever. And it's like, so they wouldn't even accept that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really funny um, why, and no, not so funny, you know, why we won't accept um, and step into our power. Yeah. I, I remember when I was uh, quite a bit younger, I had a, a friend, uh, well, maybe she wasn't a friend, come to think of it, but she said mm-hmm. to me, you know, I was working, I was working on a, I, my master's or at, the, at the time or something else and I had something else going on. She goes, oh, Nancy, you're just so competitive. And she said it with disdain, you know, in her voice, <laughs> and as if it was uh-huh. a disease of some kind that I had contracted. Uh-huh. And and I just I remember I remember losing this respect for her. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it maybe it wasn't respect, but I but losing. Well, it was a, I guess it really was a feeling of sadness that mm-hmm. she had to look at me in such such a way and define my behavior in such a, a way instead of empowering me. And saying, "Wow, isn't it great what you're doing?" You know, I mean, I, I remember working on my doctorate, and, and uh, even a family member says, "Well, what about your family? What are you going to do about them?" You know, I thought, mm. "Well, I think they're going to be fine because you know what? Yeah. I'm doing what I love, and they're supporting me, and they care about me, and it's good for them to to be able yeah. to to learn to do things and da da da." But it was it's amazing sometimes what. You know, a high achieving woman also hears from other women in the lack yeah, of yeah, not celebration, such envy and disdain that you're like, excuse me, and and uh-huh. you know, and I think that's part of what we need to understand as far as leadership mm-hmm. in our country and leadership in in sports, leadership in in the religious community and leadership in all areas. Why mm-hmm. we don't have as many women because I think until we really do find that support from other from other women. I think mm-hmm. there's always that, you know. We want women want to be nice. We want to be mm-hmm. seen as nice and sweet, and and we don't pe- want people to dislike us. But but for to truly be a leader, you have to be comfortable with being disliked. You have to be comfortable also with not everyone liking what you say and do. But yeah. You're doing it for the greater good. So right. I think until women such as you know, we really do say, you know what, I'm behind you 100 percent. Your mm-hmm. mission, what you're trying to accomplish, mm-hmm. I'm there to support you. We we will mm-hmm. continue to have women that will back. They'll back. You know, they'll backstep. I mean, they'll they'll take two, one step forward and two steps back. So I, I think that's where we have to encourage young girls to understand competition is healthy. You know mm-hmm. that being a leader, there are responsibilities that that take place. That not everybody's going to like you as, as some of the decisions that are made and things that are that occur. But you have to consider the overall good and, mm-hmm. and also connect people and bring people together and communicate. But, mm-hmm. you know, we, we really do have to redefine and, and create a comfort zone for uh, for ourselves that allows us to go forward. And it's okay to be achieving. It's okay mm-hmm. to, 
to have the power to. It's okay to say, you know what, I'm a leader in my field and I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, or I'm an expert. I'm mm-hmm. an expert in what I do. I'm one of the mm-hmm. best people that, that does this, you know. I'm, mm-hmm. You know, how are you going to sell anything unless you prove you, and uh, you say to people, I'm good at what I do. I mean, you don't go right. into a company and say, hey, why don't you hire me to come in and do a training because I'm, I'm not very good. No, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, you want to hire Right, and, you know, expert doesn't mean that you're the number one leading uh, person in the world. It just means you have expertise. Yeah, but Um, you have... So, again, really looking at um, what is your brain saying when you hear those words that that it makes you cringe? You know, to to really stop and step back and and say, what's the judgment I have around this? And why can't I accept it for myself? Well, you know, I mean, we we do have to understand that until we really support each other. The double mm-hmm. standard still exists. We know that. You know, we look mm-hmm. at a lot of things in, in in our world, and of course, things have changed tremendously. But I, you know, I, I'm still I'm still very strongly I still still strongly have the belief that until we as women really support each other and support ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and and when we can go into a, a, an arena and say, "Hi, I'm." I'm Dr. Marsha Reynolds, or I'm Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and this is what I do, and I'm good at it, and, you know, I'd love to share, share some of my ideas with you, and I'd like to know what your ideas are, and, you know, let's, uh, let's you know, let's join forces here, and, and everybody goes, yay, you know, and you mm-hmm. go, wow, this is amazing, you know. Yeah. And that's why I'm so excited about us all coming together, because I think yes. like-minded women do come together, uh, just happen almost, over, you know, immediately. Mhm. It's so true and uh, you know I I I so honor you for uh creating the book and and the space, you know, to bring the women together cuz it is a model for what we need to do to celebrate each other, to support each other's telling our stories. Right. Um it's so important and it is amazing, um, you know, what one voice may have a difficult time doing, but a combined voice can have uh-huh. a huge impact. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. thank you. Well, and a collaboration of women, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, it's it's interesting in the, in the past, even before the book uh, really became, uh, I mean, the book was, you know, just, a, just kind mm-hmm. of a, a process because of all the conversations I've had with women such as yourself, which is, Gosh, all this stuff, you know, all this expertise and all this knowledge and all these uh-huh. things. I thought, yeah. Why, why aren't we putting it all together? But I would, you know, when I would say to someone, you know, I'm I'm here to support you. I'm here to to yeah. what you're doing, and and mm-hmm. I want the world, you know, whatever I can do to help support what you're doing and, and enhance yeah. what you're doing. And I hear right. women going, Well, well, why, you know, really, you really want to do that? I go, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I really do. I really want to do yeah. that. So, I mean, I get excited uh-huh. when I when I hear that because I don't want anybody. To be, I don't want anybody to be surprised anymore. I want them to just think, say thank you. That's great. I, I'll do the same for you. And that's really <laughs> all this is about is that you know, women uh-huh. helping women to help other women. Yeah. And so if we can if we can get that whole ball rolling and keep rolling it and expanding mm-hmm. this community. I mean, it, it's just amazing the endless possibilities of of women. You know, these there are networks developing all over the country and all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I've been in other countries, and women in other countries are looking for this. They're looking mm-hmm. for hope. They're looking for women 
who really will lift them up. And, mm-hmm. and they don't need us. I mean, they really just need hope and a little lifting, you know. In our yeah. country, we need it. It's a little bit more uh, uh, sub- subliminal. We need a little bit more in different ways. But but other countries, are. it's very, you know, very forthright. I mean, help me. Mm-hmm. You know, give me hope. Give me support. That's all I need. Right. Mm-hmm. Just a hand up, you know, not a handout, a hand up. <laughs> Anyway, you can see I just jumped on my podium, so I'm going to jump back off and get back up, big, get back. <laughs> which is uh, well. What what can we learn more about you and your book, and where where they can find uh, information about uh, your new book, your other books, and what you're doing, and what you want sure. them to know at this time about what Marsha's do. Where is where in the world is Marsha? What? Yeah, <laughs> which I often don't know. When I apply for visas um, for Russia, where I go every year. Um, they always want me to list out like where what countries I've been in in the last ten years, which is just so horrible <laughs> to have to do that um, because I, I I've been to thirty four countries I've taught in uh, in the last ten years, so I am all over the place. Um, yeah. Yeah. So my website is outsmartyourbrain.com, and um, all of my uh, books. Um, or my three books are on there, but there's also, as you said, there's um, a survey you can take to rate how well you deal with discomfort in conversations. Um, and I have a lot of free resources, uh, different <clears throat> assessments and articles and things in a blog um, on the website. You know, I, I really want to see leading women go global. I want us to go to a lot of countries. That would be fabulous. That- I think that's the uh, that's mm-hmm. the goal, and, and maybe you can help that happen as well as far as your I'd travel. love to. And, you know, uh, there's nothing better than, uh, to this day, I get emails from women all over the world who found Wonder Woman, um, you know, that book, and, and just thank me for it. Said, oh, I thought I was all by myself. I didn't realize, you know, how many women go through this. Thank you. And um, they're all out there. So we say... You know, it's different here, but, you know, there's this emerging awareness and um, sense of what I can accomplish in women all over the world. So I would love to see leading women out there as well. Yeah, Yeah, I just came back from Africa and the same thing. Mm -hmm. These women just, you know, they're saying exactly that, thank you, because I was giving out information about the book, too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Yeah. we just... uh, we are we are the messengers, you know. We're that's all we are, just the messengers, and hopefully that's just about hope and uplifting women and giving them all the possibilities, and hopefully helping them to find the power too in their own mm-hmm. lives. And you're doing that, and I, and I congratulate you on your new book and your other books and what you're doing in the world to make a difference for everyone. And, and uh, thank you. Just keep up the good work, but, you know, get yourself some good, a lot of good vitamin C, take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's keep in touch, and, and maybe we can connect in February, but I'd love to uh, love to meet you personally and, and keep this yeah. conversation going on things we can continue to do together. So Me too. You have a wonderful day in that wonderful Arizona weather. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you too. You too. In that California weather. 